The Word of God and prayer are the building blocks of our relationship with Jesus. The Lord's very specific on how to pray, when to pray, and where to pray. Prayer is communion or communicating with God. Well, God wants to have relationship with us. Notice I put in that statement, He wants to have relationship with us. He is making Himself available to us. He has manifested Himself to us. The only thing that hinders us from being in a closer relationship with God than we're in right now is us. Life is filled with moments, situations, and decisions which require us to pray. Prayer is the way in which we communicate with God. But there's not just one way or even one type of prayer. In fact, there are many different methods in which we pray to God. In this message, Pastor Eddie Mason lays a foundation for a new series on the power of prayer. Today, he discusses the many different types of prayer as outlined in the Bible. I'm gonna to talk to you about the power of prayer. If I had a key that would unlock heaven, you'd wanna know about it, wouldn't you? But I can tell you this, I can give you all the keys to all of the doors and all of the universe, and if you don't use them, they are not worth anything. You might well just throw them away. Jesus told Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. We have the keys to unlock the power of God on the planet. Turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't been doing my part. Okay. Now, if you have, you don't have to say that, but 1 Timothy 2.1 says, First of all, then I urge, I encourage, I strengthen, I push you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high position, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, God, the Holy Spirit makes several points in this scripture. Look what he says. He said, be made for all people. When you see that, turn to you, put your finger right here, point towards me, and then say, no, he means all people. And he goes on to say, he said, pray for kings who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Can I tell you, some of you haven't been praying enough. We are not leading a peaceful existence right now in the United States of America. And so we, the Lord gives us a solution. He says, pray more, complain less. As a matter of fact, he will tell you straight up, if you want to moan, groan, and complain, just don't even come to him unless you end it with worship, prayer, and intercession. Why? He wouldn't even let the children of Israel enter into the promised land because they were moaning, groaning, and complaining. And you want to know what keeps us out of the presence of God? It's our mouth and our heart that's moaning, groaning, and complaining about what's going on. So now I'm just going to give you a real straightforward, godly pursuit. Stop it! And if I do it, tell me to stop it, okay? 
We can help each other in those areas. We need to quit complaining. Prayer is communion or communicating with God. God wants to have relationship with us. Notice I put in that statement, He wants to have relationship with us. He is making Himself available to us. He has manifested Himself to us. The only thing that hinders us, let me tell you again, the only thing that hinders us from being in a closer relationship with God than we're in right now is us. Okay, It's not God. God is not stopping you from being in His presence. But we, we don't have time to do what he's called us to do. The priorities of life are a little out of whack. And I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying, let's just take a real truthful look at what's going on and see where we stand and what we need to do in order to change it. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the thing, same things over and over and expecting different results. We live every day doing the things that we want to do, not entering into prayer, not entering into the words of life, and yet we want to see things change. And this is the thing. We think we can change it. You know what? I've been trying to go on a diet since January 1st. You know how much weight I've lost? Two pounds. And I'm not sure I didn't put those on yesterday watching football. So, you know what the Lord said? He said, how about you quit trying to go on a diet and let me and you go on a diet together. I said, you got a deal, God. I'll do that. He said, I'll give you the power to do it. You can't do it in your own strength. We can't do anything in our own strength and our own power. And so the Lord is, Lord's given me a place of moving into this thing. God wants to have relationship with me. He wants to have relationship with you. Having relationship with the Lord through prayer in the way He desires is the most, pursuit, most important pursuit of our entire life. Some of, us think it's, some of us think it's raising our kids. Some of us think it's going to church. Some of us think it's preaching the gospel. Some of us think it's doing all these things. Listen, those are all add-ons. Are you going to hammer me about prayer, Eddie? Yes, I am. I'm going to hammer you because I want what's best for you. And what's best for you and what's best for me is to pursue the relationship that Jesus Christ hung on Calvary's cross for so that I could boldly come unto the Father anytime I want to. So now get out your little thing and turn them on and say, I want to. You see, we think it's an option. God thinks it's priority. Let me tell you, let me tell you again, we think it's optional. God said it is the priority of life. Before I get through, I hope to show you why that's the case. Relationship with God trumps everything else. There are many different forms of, of, of prayer. There's the prayer of thanksgiving. Some of you can scratch that out and do what I said for because you have the prayer of complaining. Nowhere in the scriptures will you see the prayer of complaining. Now you'll see David complaining some, but before he gets through, he turns it around, doesn't he? Yeah. And if you want to have a discussion with God about the things that are bothering you, go for it. But be sure you hear his voice on it. Don't just leave him with your thoughts. Okay? And so we want to enter into that kind of prayer. There's also the prayer of desperation. How many of you know the prayer of desperation? It's very simple. It's a one-word prayer. Help! And God hears that prayer. God absolutely hears that prayer. 
And so we, there are prayers of desperation. There are prayers of supplication. There's an intensity about the praying. There are prayers of petition where we're asking God for things that we want. Is it okay to ask God for something you want? Absolutely. In the model prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. How many of you think Jesus and the Father needs daily bread? They are the daily bread. And so he says, give us that for that day. So there are prayers of petition that go forth. There are impeccatory prayer. Anybody know what an impeccatory prayer? Yeah. That means that somebody would die. David quite frequently prays impeccatory prayers. Now let me just tell you right straight up front, you better hear the Father before you start praying somebody die. And so I stay away from those as much as is possible. But I have prayed that. Eddie, who would you pray that over? The leader of Boko Haram. God either changes heart or kill him. Why? He's, he, there, he has committed to the genocide of Christianity in Africa. He's wiping out, they're not he, they are wiping out thousands. See, it, it's one of those hard, hard prayers. We'll talk more about that. Just know which one of them. There are listening prayers. Turn to your neighbor and say, shut your mouth and open your ears. We've been, we've been taught to pray and to just run our mouth until we get through running our mouth and we never stop and listen, do we? Can I tell you, that's a one-sided conversation. Have you ever been in a conversation where you couldn't get a word in edgewise? Have you ever been the one that was stopping everybody from committing to enabling them to say a word? Oh, come on. <laughs> Remember, liars don't go to heaven. Sure you have. Sure I have. We've all done it. Well, that's the way we do God. God, if you've got something to say, you're going to have to wait till the end. And then if i got time, so you know what God does? God is so merciful to us. He breaks in at the most inordinate, in just a wild, can't speak, wildest times. Sitting on the toilet. Holy Spirit starts talking. You go, hey, don't you know what I'm doing here? He said, don't you know what I'm doing here? He said, you just sit till I stop. I'm entertaining Michael Fannin, and he is going 90 to nothing. Michael can carry a conversation for weeks and months without anybody ever having to hear him. He just goes on and on and on and on and on. And yes, if Michael was here and he's probably watching, hey, Michael, I would do it. He knows it. Michael is just going on, and, and he's just, the Holy Spirit is just all over Michael while he's talking to me. I mean, God is just, just... He blows that boy up like nobody I've seen in a long, long time. And he just can't help it. The Holy Ghost just starts pouring out of him. Well, I start getting caught up in the wave of his overflow. And the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me. Michael ain't shut up, but the Holy Ghost is talking. You know why he has to do that? I don't spend enough time listening on my own. How about you? How much listening prayer do you do? People don't know how to get still anymore. 
Being still is almost a virtual impossibility. And yet God says, I want to speak. And you know something? We are so blessed because there's a lot of people that believe God doesn't speak anymore. So they don't have to do listening prayers because he ain't going to say nothing to them anyway. But God has called us to listening prayers. Am I making any sense to you? Okay, these are different types of prayer. And then probably for me, one of the most important prayers on the, on the list is the prayer of intercession. That's the prayer that will change your world and the world as a whole. It's intercession. There are many methods of prayer. I mean, you know, there's the prayer of faith. James talks about it. There's the prayer of agreement. Matthew, Jesus talks about it. There's travailing prayer of groanings and utterings that can't be spoken. There's prayer in the Spirit, both in tongues and in our understanding. All these have to do with the position of our heart. And so when we come before the Lord, how many of us sometimes we come before the Lord and there's just no faith on us? Anybody think that's okay? I do. Why? He is the fountain of faith. Who would I turn to if I was lacking in faith? I'm going to go to him because he is the author and the finisher of my faith. That makes sense to you? Man, I don't want to wait till I've got faith to go to him. I want to do it when I'm in lack of faith. When I'm in faith, I want to speak his word and blow up the world. That's just anyway. I won't go any further with that. Ephesians, Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to the, to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. How many of you are praying for the saints in Cameroon? You got family over there. You didn't know that? This is my family right here. You see these? Stand up. Just stand up. This is my family right here. This is Haiti. This is Cameroon. We got people in, in, in Haiti, don't they, that are brothers and sisters in the Lord. You got straight up family that's our family, right? Come on, in Cameroon. You got family in Haiti too. So you know something? If they got family, and this is my brother, I got family. I've got family in Kenya. I have family in Kenya. I have family in Mexico. I have family in Canada. I have family in Australia. I have family in Europe. I have family on every continent of the world. And I'm talking about personal family, lives that I'm involved in. And so they become part of that. And their love and their family becomes an extension of my family. And so I have a reason to intercede for what's going on. Now, some of us don't believe there's prayers answered. Now, I'm not going to say, I, yeah, I am too. How else can I make the point? I'm not bragging on me, I'm going to brag on Jesus. I prayed that the hurricane wouldn't hit Florida and Georgia. How many of you know it didn't hit Florida and Georgia? You know, God answered my prayer. Eddie, are you taking credit for that? No, I'm giving God credit for that. I probably wasn't the only one praying. But if I don't realize that God answered my prayer, then it defeats the purpose of me praying. Am I making sense to you? And so we begin to pray these prayers, and when we see these magnificent answers, we don't slough off the devil going to say, you really think your prayer had anything to do with that? Yeah, I do. 
I sure do. Let me tell you, the Lord laid Europe on my heart for almost three years. And I prayed, I prayed for Europe where the gospel went forth in great power and in authority and all over Asia, the whole continent, and God wouldn't let, me, let it off my heart. And I began to pray about the, about the fathers that had established, the Christian fathers that had established works all over Europe that had died in, in Great Britain where things have, they're great monuments to God and they've died. There's no, there's no life in them. And so God had me interceding for these people. I had, a, I had a family member over there in France. Spiritual family, but he's still family. See, we want to put up the spiritual part so we don't recognize that they are real family. I got family over there. And I prayed for three years. And then I heard France is beginning to break loose. Germany is beginning to break loose. Cloud the size of a man's hand. Now I don't have to ask for that anymore. I got to thank him for what he's doing in Europe. Eddie, you think that's answered your prayer? You dang skippy, I do. How many of y'all were praying for Europe for three years? My prayer. There were others, and I know that. Like I said, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Some of us don't even think that's worth praying for. You know what's in my heart right now? Clayton County. Why? I was raised in Clayton County. To see what's happening to the county of my birth breaks my heart. So I intercede continually for the residents of Clayton County. I'm standing strong. I want to see Clayton County turned upside down. I want to see revival breaking out. I'm praying for Henry County because all of a sudden I see a transition in Henry County that I don't like. And God said, well, are you going to complain or are you going to pray? Am I making sense to y'all? Let me go on. In Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Whew. Anybody here with a problem with anxiety? You bunch of liars. You just don't want to raise your hand. I would admit no weaknesses. Okay. All right. Well, this isn't for you. Then you can turn your, you can turn your listeners off because this isn't for you. But he gives you a key to peace. He says fervent prayer mixed with thanksgiving releases peace. How many of us talk about it when we have anxiety going on? I'll just raise my hand for all of you. I just don't want anybody going to hell, okay? So I'll intercede for you. You know what happens is when I begin to complain, and sometimes I have to talk it out. Sometimes I have to get it out. It's inside and I've got to get it out. 
But the problem is, as I get it out, I spew it all over, hoping somebody else will clean up the mess. That's the way I do it at my house. If I spill the Coke, I just kind of look at it until Sue gets up and goes and gets a rag. And one of the reasons is, is because when I clean it up, I don't know why I can't really do it. I only get about two-thirds of it. There's still a third of that stuff left on the floor. So Sue says, I'd just rather do it than you do it. When the, t when the dog poops on the floor, guess who cleans that up? I'm a real man, Sue, your dog. I, I told you before we got him, you had to take care of him. That's the, that's the rule. Well, that's the way we do when we got anxiety going on. Well, I got blah, 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 and it's okay. How many of you feel better sometimes after you've thrown up? Amen. Me too. I do. So I'm not going to condemn that. But the problem is if we just leave it laying there, it starts stinking. Now what we do is we scoop up what we get out of that talk therapy, and we go and we take that, and we say, now let me put this on the altar, Lord, that I can hear your voice. Because before I was so plugged up with what was going on inside of me, I couldn't hear what you were going to say. But we missed that step. And so sometimes we stay in that place for days or weeks or months or years or for an entire life. If you got to throw it up, man, find somebody you trust and regurgitate that garbage. Let, let, people, let somebody know. Everybody else says, no, I'm going to walk strong and never let it out. What are you, dumb? That goes against Scripture. Confess your faults one to the other that you may be saved. I need saving from anxiety. I need somebody to be standing on my side. They need to understand where I am, what I'm wallowing in, what I'm dealing with, and how to help me get over that. You don't need somebody that's going to agree with you, though. You need somebody that's going to pray for you. Am I making sense to you? Okay. I'm giving you some little tidbits on prayer. I've kind of gotten off my foundational stuff. But anyway, he tells us it brings peace. He tells us to enter into this place of supplication. Supplication is asking for something earnestly, passionately, pleading from the place of humility. It points to the mindset of the one praying. Lord, I'm going to pray for the peace of Jerusalem because... Your word says to. So, Lord, peace to Jerusalem. Now, Lord, I got this problem with my automobile. You don't have a heart for Israel. Maybe you ought to go back and say, God, would you please give me a heart for Israel and an understanding of why I'm supposed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Eddie, you're talking about talking to God an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, I am. We've done enough talking to people. We need to start talking to our God. Okay? And so we, we say, Lord, please do that. You've instructed me to do that, but I have to be honest with you, Lord. I don't know why. Now, I, I know why, but... And I know what will bring peace. Do you know what will bring peace to Jerusalem? I won't tell you. We'll save that for another day. I do. Why do you do? Because the Holy Spirit gave it to me. 
When you begin to enter into intercession or supplication, my wife is in a battle. And so I say, Lord, will you deliver my wife from whatever is harming her, whatever's giving her angst, whatever is stealing her joy? Would you give that to her and give her energy? And Lord, would you just, just bless her so that she can enjoy what you've made? In Jesus' name, amen. That's a pretty good prayer, isn't it? Okay, now go sit down. Go sit down. Go sit down. No, you go sit down. For, go sit down. Go sit down. Uh-uh. Are you healed yet? No. Go sit down. Nope, I'm not going to let go. Why? Go sit down. I'm like a dog. I'm not going to let go of you until the healing comes. That's what, that's what supplication is. I am not letting go until I get an answer. I'm not going to just shoot one up. And there's nothing wrong with a little prayer I prayed. But how many of you know that, that, I, that, that until I see something begin to change in her life, I am going to bombard heaven because he tells me not to be silent. He tells me day and night to pray. I'm going to doggedly hold on to this woman until such time as I see the manifest presence of the Lord taking place in her life. Okay, that's supplication. That's what supplication is. It's not just... Just crying a few tears when you get in the presence. Supplication is saying, I've got a hold of the President of the United States and I'm not letting him go till he hears your voice and commits his life totally and completely to you. I'm not letting him go. I refuse to let him go. Why? God's given me power and authority. He just told me to pray for kings. He wouldn't have told me to pray for kings if it wouldn't change what was going on in the life of the king. The intercessor must pray with a true and a pure heart, a right spirit, and without hypocrisy by the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? The Word says to pray for those that despitefully use you and say all manner of evil against you. So I go before the Lord and I say, Lord, I want to bless that idiot. Oh, come on now. At least I get to the Lord and pray for him part, amen? Well, what I better pray for first is, Lord, would you give me a change of heart toward that idiot that I no longer see him as an idiot and I can see him or her as my friend or a brother or sister in Christ or someone that's lost that needs Jesus Christ so that when I do pray, the blessings, they will flow. When I begin to intercede, I am releasing blessings over them. And I need to get my heart lined up with the prayer that's coming out my mouth. Well, Eddie, can you not pray till then? No, pray till then. Then you keep praying until your heart lines up with what God has said. But realize where you are and ask God to change your heart, not just theirs. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about keys now. You know, we know, we know prayer is a key. But what most of the time we do, we think we got a skeleton key. And it'll open everything. Mm-mm. The Lord's very specific on how to pray, when to pray, and where to pray. Did you know that? I'm going to give you this, and then I am going to close. The Word of God and prayer are the building blocks of our relationship with Jesus. You remember where I started? 
The most important thing you'll ever pursue in your life is the relationship with Jesus. Well, I'm saved. Well, Latida. When all hell breaks loose, we'll find out whether you are saved or not. Because the saved run into the, the Lord because He becomes their strong tower. The unsaved don't know what to do. Let me go on. The Word of God and prayer are the building blocks. They ensure the continuation and the increase in our relationship with the Lord. So here I am. I've prayed the prayer of salvation, and I say, okay, now, Lord, you go sit on the, on the couch, and I'm going to go do my thing. What kind of relationship is that? I have a relationship with my son, David. We talk maybe six times a year. Probably four times and two times that he's cussing me out. Is that a relationship? Yeah, it is. Do I love him? Absolutely. Is he my son? Yes, it is. Do I want that to be my relationship? No. I'm going to pray until his heart is turned and my relationship is increased. But too many people have that kind of relationship with Jesus. Things go wrong and we get mad at God. They give us the prerequisite for our worship. Now, here you go. I'm going to give you a little nugget. If you're not a person of prayer and of the Word, you can't worship. You can dance around and be moved by the hot licks on the guitars. But there's no foundation for worship in your life. Are you beginning to see the importance of prayer? It affects your worship. It affects your life. It affects everything that you're doing. Let me go on just a little more. They reveal the heart of the Lord. They release the will of God on the earth through you. They bring forth judgments and justice in the earth. I read this, and I wish I had, um, I could tell you who the uh, author was, but I don't remember. Christians choosing not to use these prayers would be tantamount to the Afghan people having said no thanks to our Stinger missiles, which they used to take down the Russian helicopters after Afghanistan was invaded by the Soviet Union. You got all of these weapons. But the only way, hear me now, but the only way to release them is through prayer and worship. We from the South, you know what that means? We've taken our Stinger missiles, we've planted them in the front yard, we've painted a white ring around the bottom of them, and we figured out some way to grow flowers out of them. <laughs> so people will admire our Stinger missiles. I mean, you know, I've seen toilets with flowers in them in the South. Anything you can put a flower in, a southerner will put a flower on it. Amen? Never think, taking into consideration what's going on. You know, what happened in that toilet? No, never mind. Stinger missiles. God's saying, 
press the button. You've got the code. Release the atomic weapons that I have placed in your arsenal. Quit using them as something that you're highlighting as part of your ministry. They weren't given to you to wear as ornaments around your neck. They were given to you to affect the world that you live in, to change what's going on in the, in the whole world. Am I making sense to you? Let me close with this. How many of you know what science is? Science. It starts off with theory, and those theories are proved, and they become fact. Well, that's the way it used to be. Now what happens is fact is pronounced before theories are proved. And they do it on a preponderance of evidence, but that is not science. There was a, 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 an ape called Lucy. How many of you ever heard of Lucy? Lucy is supposed to be a part of the evolutionary change where monkey turned into man. At the, at the presentation of Lucy, there was several questions that were asked by creationists. One of them was, how far from the jawbone was the elbow? Well, it was about 12 feet further down in the earth and about 100 meters west. Well, what about the thigh bone? Oh, it was a mile and a half. What? You see, it fits their narrative, and they use it. They've just found another one, and yet they've disproved what they said because they have found part of the man's or woman's diet in her teeth. There's no way that tissue can live for millions and millions and millions of years, hundreds of millions of years. Unfortunately, too many people are taking the Word of God from what the preacher says and not from the altar of the Lord. And what we're liable to do, if you only listen to the preacher, he's liable to find the jawbone here and, and, the, and, the, and the pelvic bone two miles away. And neither the two are connected. You better study it. And if you find I've done something wrong or said something wrong, come to me. You know how upset I'll be? Man, I will jack your jaws, slap you upside the head until you get away from me. If I, have, if I do that, you have permission to leave the church. I will not do that. I will consider what you say. I will put it before the Lord, and I'll see what the Lord has to say about it. I may not accept it right off, but I will put it before the Lord. How about you? Will you do the same thing? You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. 
May the Lord bless and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.